Hey everybody, welcome to the Beautiful Shifts podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chantel. We're so excited to share with you some inspiring stories. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid. We're excited to have you all here for our first official episode. So we want to thank you all for listening to the trailer and maybe give a little apology for our sound quality. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're kind of learning how to use um, all the technology. And after we recorded it, we felt really good about kind of what we said, Mm -hmm. what we talked about um, and knew that the sound quality didn't turn out great. We had an issue with one of the microphones, but decided it sounded pretty authentic and we didn't want to try to you know, we don't want to sound scripted yeah. to try it again. Yeah. We didn't so, want to try to recreate it. So yeah. going forward, hopefully our sounds a little better, but maybe give us some grace with our yeah. learning curve as we, um, well, we're just, we're not professionals, so we're learning as we go for sure. But yeah, but we are so grateful for those that have supported us and given us their comments and yeah, even rated it on, um, you know, the, wherever you listen to your podcast. So yeah. Um, yeah, so we're excited. The first interview is my sister, Carrie. And she's awesome. I um, think you'll really enjoy this story. And it's interesting because we actually interviewed her back in June. So now, you know, we're in the beginning of October. So it's been a little while. And we didn't know if we would use this first or how we would do the order of things because it is a little bit of a heavier topic. So we didn't really know, like, should we start off with this one? But we just really feel good about it. And even though it is a heavier topic, it ends... Um, in such a, like a message of hope and, um, healing that we, we just, we really liked it. And it's fun because it's Chantel's sister. And so you get a little bit of a glimpse into their relationship and their life. Um, but yeah, we did want to give a trigger warning that it contains a story of a suicide attempt, but this was 20 years ago for Carrie. Yeah. It was when she was a teenager and she's in her, you know, thirties, later thirties now. So, um, it's kind of a story of looking back on that and like what she's learned and, and how she, yeah, just her story. So yeah, she has a lot of yeah. wisdom and hope to share. She does. Yeah. For, I think parents of kids that are suicidal, mm-hmm. um, teenagers, or even adults that are suicidal, um, just a story of second yeah. chances. And- well, it's called think twice. Like that's the topic of her essay that she's been writing, possibly a book. And so we just feel like that's a perfect summary of it. Like, you know, thinking twice about, your life, like it's such an, if, if they just took a moment to think twice, a lot of these people that are in a really, really hard time, then it could change everything. So that's her message. And we think it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so some updates just since we did it back in June, we just wanted to let you know um, that she's still working on a website for her um, story that she's telling. And you can reach her by DM, she said, if you um, have any questions or want to get a copy of her story, you can Contact her at Carrie, K-A-R-I dot salon dot Aries, A-R-I-E-S. And you can find her either on Instagram or Facebook. And she would be willing to answer your questions or communicate with you and share her story more that way. And then as things progress with her, her you know, essay slash book and website, we will update everybody on that as yeah. well. And if you follow us on Instagram, or even Facebook, but Instagram links pretty well. We'll, we'll for sure link her Instagram page to the post about her, this episode. So you can easily contact her that way and find her there. So, yeah. So, and one other thing is we're, we've probably had six or seven interviews and a few in the works. Um, we're kind of interested about our listeners and what topics are interesting to you. I mean, obviously the main topic is life transitions, but we want to know what kind of stories that you want to hear about. Um, and maybe even if you have a story to share or if you know someone that would, their story could help others. Yeah, for sure. And then also, like we said, we've already had quite a few people like rate us, which is super nice. We weren't expecting that. So yeah, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, that's super helpful. It helps kind of spread the word for the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So excited for you to listen to Carrie's episode. So here it is. Okay, welcome to the Beautiful Shifts podcast. I'm super excited today because our guest is my sister. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Um, I'm just going to read a little introduction about Carrie. Um, Carrie is a survivor, an entrepreneur, a birth mother, a writer, a teacher, and an advocate. She runs her own business doing and teaching permanent makeup and is working on a fun side plant business. Carrie is happily married to her best friend. Um, 
today or her transition today is a little bit, I don't even know how you describe it. I guess just going from not wanting to live to wanting to live. Yeah. Is that's that... a, that's a great description yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go, well, in a hard, in a really it's a hard place. Com- yeah, yeah. It's a hard conversation. Yeah. It's a hard thing. And yes. it's important with teens. Like it's so relevant. Yeah. I feel like too. So yeah, for sure. Thanks. So she, um, part of her description says as teen suicide rates continue to be on the rise. Carrie feels that if she can help at least one person, Think twice before it's too late. That gives her all the motivation she needs to share her story and write the book she is working on. So that is kind of our topic today is, you know, helping just even one person, hopefully a lot of people, um, Mm -hmm. to think twice before suicide. And that is the name of her kind of right now. Would you call it like a Um, essay? More of an essay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to have it published or just a personal publish or how I'm going to launch it. But I just feel that I have a story to tell and if somebody can get something out of it and just for that one split second think twice or just pause for just a moment before they turn the wheel um, right. as you'll as you'll read about in my in my story um, that that I'll make a difference then it's all sure. worth everything that I went through and it's worth um, writing it and all the things that it's going to take to get it out there. Yes, for sure. I feel like that's like the biggest thing. I mean, think twice is like the perfect, I feel like that's such a perfect title because I think most people, if they just thought a little bit longer and a little more, and I think attempted suicides of people that do survive, that is their thought. Like, wow, I'm so glad it didn't work or it didn't. Um, but anyway, we know this is a sensitive, topic and like it very um vulnerable and so we're happy that you're willing to share your story and I know it's probably hard to do um but we know that that'll make a difference because that's I think what brings connection is when you are vulnerable and open up to people because then they can really feel the emotion and feel like oh I'm not alone someone else feels like me someone else has been through what I've been through or have had the thoughts and feelings I've had so yeah Yeah, I think that'll be good and the cool thing I think is this could be helpful for parents. This could be helpful for individuals, like maybe going through it themselves, help relate to their teens, even yeah. maybe for teenagers themselves, you know? So yeah. anyway, I feel like this will help a lot of people. Yeah, I did. I think I kept in mind teenagers as I was writing it because cool. that's that's where I was at the time right. of all of yeah. the transitions and all of the things that I was going through. Um, but that, yeah, that it could be helpful for a parent to maybe be able to understand if maybe this teen is unable to express to them how they're feeling and if they can relate. Right. And yeah. Can maybe just super important. Eye to eye on, on something. Yeah. And then helpful. even for the parents themselves, they could be in that spot right now. So yeah, even to realize an yeah. adult too. Right. Exactly. Right. Or any other adult. Right. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Well, switching gears just a little bit, we thought it would be fun, you know, before we dive into your story to have you share with us just like a fun or interesting fact about yourself to just help us get to know you a little better. Um, I've recently started taking pottery classes, uh, the so spinning fun. wheel, and it's so fun. It's so, so messy, but I feel like I'm a little <laughs> bit of a, a messy, crazy artist when I get into things like that, very artistic. And so that's been really fun. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, yeah. yeah, it makes me want to give it a try. It's fun, yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously I know the answers to these questions, but maybe just a quick background of like where you grew up, um, a little bit maybe about your family and where you line up with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe some of your other hobbies and something that maybe stands out in your growing up years. Okay. Um, so we grew up, I mean, Chantilla and Eric, yes. our brother, uh, we grew up in Stansbury Park out in, um, by Tooele, Utah, small little town. Um, and it was a great neighborhood. We all outside playing. It's everything you think of back in the day, playing outside in a safe neighborhood and everyone knew everyone and, um, ice cream trucks and all of the, the fairy tale kind of a childhood. Um, and then we moved to Lehigh when I was a junior in high school, and that's actually when the attempt was. Uh, a lot of things changed right around there, um, but uh, back to kind of growing up, I remember my mom uh, telling me one time that she should have named me Walk instead of Carrie, <laughs> because I made her carry me everywhere. Oh, I remember. Oh, yes. <laughs> never wanted to walk. She ever. would never, yeah, I never <laughs> wanted to walk anywhere, so she would always joke she should have named me walk instead of Carrie. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cute. That's cute, but she'd be like, okay, I'm going to carry you. Yeah. She, she did it. She, she carried did it. me. She did anything, I, and I'm the baby of the family. Chantel's six years older than me, and my brother Eric, our brother Eric, is four years older than me. So yeah. I'm the baby, and I feel like with that much of an age gap, um, a lot of my elementary school or like late elementary junior high 
high school, I felt kind of like an only child. You were off at college getting, you know, meeting Nathan and, and doing your thing. And, and Eric started young. Um, I started a family young with JC. Yeah. And so I felt like an only child for a lot of the time. But I definitely use that to my advantage, and my mom <laughs> would do anything I asked her to do. That is very true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she did love you so much oh, for that. That's cute. Yes. <clears throat> okay, well, maybe you can just kind of walk us through a little bit what was going on in your life during your teen years when things started getting more difficult. Oh, gosh, I should have read my story before I came so I can <laughs> remember the timeline of everything. Um, and it, you know, just as a little, as little or... Um, yeah. You know, detail as you want, as much or a little as you right. want. Right. Um, so things, I think, really started to change um, in junior high. Um, I started cutting, and my friends found out, and my parents, there was a whole, a whole long situation that happened, but essentially, at the end of the day, I was put on Prozac, and that was um, seventh grade. I think it was the very beginning of seventh grade, and that was kind of the beginning of it all. Um, and then a lot of things happened with my family. We went through a bankruptcy and so we moved there. And I don't know, I'd love to actually ask mom and dad about why we moved to Lehigh. I think it had a lot to do with what I was going through. They were hoping that I could get out of the situation that they could see me falling into, getting into the, um, group of wrong friends, um, starting to drink, um, trying weed different things and so I would say it definitely was a combination of wanting to get you away from friends and hope to get you a new start but also to give them a new start because I think they were a little bit embarrassed with the bankruptcy my mom had started a clothing store yeah it didn't go so well Twila was not ready for it they would be ready for it today she was too stylish for Twila (laughs) yeah Um, she was too stylish for Twila so they would go to Walmart instead of her store is called Jack and Jill's but anyway no offense offense, Twila we love you yeah we love (laughs) Twila yeah that's true we do but they weren't quite ready back then now they should be so ready this was yeah this was 20 years ago. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. So. And I think if you were a shopper, you went into Salt Lake. It yes. wasn't like you're like, oh, I can't, they couldn't possibly find something in Twila. Right. And they didn't really, anyway, yeah, but right, I do right, think like, it was them feeling like, you know what, let's also have a fresh start because this was yeah. kind of stressful and hard. Yeah. And I was down in Provo, so they probably were like, oh, we can live near, you know. Yeah. We can be closer Chantel to you. Too, yeah. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we moved, um, and I, I had kind of felt I use it to my advantage in the wrong way. I, I didn't really use it as a start. I used it as a way to really be this other person, I guess, mm. sort of. That I you could be whoever you wanted. Nobody knew you. I got to be whoever I wanted. And I was kind of learning about my body. I was a cute young girl that was well endowed. And I knew <laughs> how to use my looks in certain ways. And I started to... Um, I just went right into the wrong group of friends as soon as we got there. Um, and I think there was a few prescription changes that may have played in effect in, in a lot of it. Um, and I just, I wouldn't say that I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. It was more of just like an idea and I went with it Mm. and I didn't, it was just like the only option. Right. right. Do you, I don't even know this for sure, but when you were put on the medication, did you also see a therapist? Yes. I saw quite a few therapists. Um, I'm trying to think of my first one. It, they were all very kind of um, short. Like I didn't feel like they were a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. It was really more of like a way to get the medication. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you were developing it like a relationship with someone no. you felt that you could share everything with no, or that you felt I don't, comfortable I with. I think I had maybe four or five total in my all of my years, and I'd never connected with one. Uh, I would say there was one that was during the adoption, and mm-hmm. Brad was amazing, and, and I was finally at a level that I could be honest with myself and with him and right. open up. But before that, you know, that wasn't until I was 19. Mm-hmm. So back then, I wasn't, I wasn't capable. I didn't, I didn't know how to be right. open or trust myself or, or listen to myself or, or maybe even know why you were being, the yeah, or, or why I didn't, th- yeah, <laughs> I didn't understand why I felt the way I felt. And even though there is quite a bit of mental, um, disease, I guess in the family, mm-hmm. you know, moms, our mom's brother committed suicide. He had yeah. schizophrenia and our mom was on Prozac for, she was on antidepressants for as long as we can remember. Yeah. I think. 
And so that was just kind of the answer. Like what but you I, did. Yeah. yeah. It's just what you do. You're having sad, scary thoughts or you're being depressed and you don't know what to do with those emotions. You just get on an antidepressant. Right. And um, I don't know that that necessarily aided right. in the situation. Right. I think I it's needed to learn to open didn't help. Yeah. yeah. So I was curious because, you know, you kind of started off talking about your teen years when you started having episodes of cutting. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, do you feel like that was linked more to anxiety or depression or, I mean, just for people that right. don't understand it as much and, and even for myself. Question. Yeah. I'm curious just yeah. how, what, what kind of got you to that point? And were you still having those kind of episodes later when we get to the attempt? No. You know? Yeah. So I think it was more, um, more anxiety filled and okay. more of like, I want to feel something. Mm. I'm, I, 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 but I didn't like what I was feeling. And so I wanted to feel something different. Not that I was numb yet. Cause I wasn't quite to that shut off point, I think emotionally. Um, but I wanted to feel something different than what I was feeling. And so cutting was a, was a little bit of a way to get some attention. You know, I did it in the middle of class. Oh, okay. Obviously I think it was an outreach. It was somebody helped me, but I didn't know how to ask or what I was even asking for. Right. That's what I was wondering. Is it something, yeah, was it, I need attention of some sort and I don't know how to get it. Yeah. And even I'm sure at that age, it's so much easier to look back with your more mature brain has learned so much. Yeah. But like to, to analyze why you did that, but maybe then like, well, and even then I, it didn't make sense because I had an amazing childhood. We have, we had everything we could have asked for. We, you know, we had amazing parents, nothing crazy happened to me. I didn't understand and back to like relating to some of the mental problems in our family, it didn't make, still it makes sense to me as to why I was feeling the way I was feeling because I had a great life and everything was good. Nothing crazy happened to make Hmm. me feel that way. But back to your question, Lindsay, um, the cutting stopped when I got on um, the antidepressants. Oh, that's good. Uh, So yeah, I think that that's great. I think that it just, and maybe it worked. I don't know because then people were listening to me and... Hmm. We started to talk about things more um, with the therapist, really, not necessarily with the family. Um, but I didn't continue cutting, thank goodness. So yeah. um, I'm grateful for that. But I definitely started to go down a more wild path of choosing drugs and alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And about that was about the age you moved to Lehigh, or was before? Yeah, it was about when we moved to Lehigh because I would have been a junior at that point. Mm -hmm. So from seventh grade to when I cut the first time, getting on antidepressants and kind of going back and forth from therapist to therapist and, you know, just kind of causing trouble at home. Um, I just remember a lot of tears. Mom always crying because she could just never quite figure me out. And me crying because I couldn't figure me out and not really understanding how to fix that. So there was um, from seventh grade to about um, 11th grade. Is that junior? What's junior? Yeah, junior, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then did you, what was the time period between moving to Lehigh and then the attempt to suicide? Uh, not even a whole year. Okay. It was, um, I think just part of a, part of a school year. School year. Mm-hmm. Because we moved mid-year and it was still. School, I know I can't remember the time. I can't remember I was... when we moved, what month it was, but it was it was all in about 2000, the year 2000. Okay, I was going to say it was before I had my first right in there. child. So yeah. I just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and so this kind of leads, do you have anything to say before we get to the point where you had your attempted suicide? Like anything that you feel like it's important to say or I think we covered most? Um, yeah, no, I think we covered Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously just how, how much every, like as much detail as you feel comfortable with, you know, what was going through your mind that day and what do you want to share about that day? Um, there's so many weird details that I remember, but there's also so many emotions that were not there (laughs) that should have been there. Mm -hmm. Um, by that point, I feel like I had become pretty numb. Um, I was still taking, I can't remember what antidepressant I was on at the time, maybe Wellbutrin and, but I was also self-medicating with drugs and alcohol. Um, and anxiety was building. I think it was a little bit of a combination of anxiety and depression. And I just didn't know what to do with all of these feelings. And I feel like I had made a mess of my life. And and with mom and, da- with mom and dad, I didn't really have this great relationship that I thought we once had. And I just felt like nothing was right. And that 
that people would have just been better off without me because I just caused drama and I just didn't fit in this box of what I was supposed to be. And so I just would be better off gone. That everyone else would be better off with me gone. Right. Which Not I think that, that is so very common. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like that is kind of the ultimate like, okay, everyone will just be better if I wasn't here. I caused too many yeah. issues yeah. and life is too hard and I can't figure it out and I haven't been yeah. able to. So Yeah. And I, I just feel like I didn't know... I didn't know what else to do. And like I mentioned before, I just, I had this idea. It popped in my head and I didn't even think twice. I just, I was, I was walking to school. It was in the morning and I thought that I heard some girls snicker about me in the corner or, or say something and who knows if they really did or not. Um, and I just was like, okay, today's the day I'm doing it. I'm going to go say goodbye to my friends out in Tooele that I was still in contact with and, left school and went out to Tooele, um, from Lehigh to Tooele, which is probably about a 45 minute drive or something. Yeah. And kind of the back way, not on a freeway, back like way. a back, oh, okay. back roads. Yeah. I went in the back way and spent the day with my friends. I didn't tell them anything. That's, this just was, was my plan all day. And we had so much fun. I felt like I finally had some, um, a real day, like some real emotion and ha- real happiness. It felt really nice. And I, instead of thinking, that okay, I shouldn't do this because that was a great feeling. It was like, oh, what a great way to say goodbye. Oh, wow. What a great ending. Wow. And I just hurried and left. I was like, okay, it's five o'clock. I got to go. And I just left and I drove home. was trying to, I don't know. I, I tell, I've told the story, the fake story, <laughs> um, a lot of times. And the real story I've only said out loud a few times. And, and then on paper, of course. But um, it's funny how I all of a sudden sometimes start telling the fake story because I've said it so, so many, many times. times. Mm. The fake story was that it was 5 o'clock and I had to beat my mom home from work. So I had to hurry and leave. Otherwise, she was going to know that I had left school. Um. And so I hurried and left. And I just drove and I picked up the, the speed. I took my seatbelt off deliberately. And it was on those back roads and I just let go. And I just... I remember putting my hands over my head and closing my eyes tight. And the next thing, I felt like I was suspended in air. I remember my knees were up high, up close to me. And I was floating. I wasn't touching anything. I don't know. Wow. I think I think I hit a hill mm-hmm. and had launched sideways. And um, the next thing I know, I'm on the ground. And, you know, there's, there's still not a lot of emotion happening in my mind there wasn't there was no logic there was just this this was just it this is just a fact and it's happening and it's just gonna be it's just what needs to happen it's gonna be fine it's gonna be good and you don't think about other people you don't think about your mom and your sister and and your life and your future there's no future this Mm -hmm. is the only option and um and you'll you'll have to read the story for the all of the details but um Somebody saw, and I was life-flighted, and they found me, and and had quite a few injuries, and had my mouth wired shut, and uh, it was pretty intense. Wow. Um, I I do remember being in the hospital and still feeling so numb, so physically numb, emotionally numb. People coming in and out, you know, it's kind of like in the movies where it's just like this weird, fast-paced, slow motion. I don't know. It's just a strange, a strange feeling of just kind of being numb right to it all and not really paying attention you know my mom was just always there in all of the hustle and the bustle and the visitors and the nurses and the doctors I just mom was just here crocheting <laughs> always yeah. sounds like her yeah Aww. she was yeah. just always there and all of that and and we still never really um discussed it a lot it was still just kind of this hush hush thing this quiet thing oh we must need to change her prescription mm. She must need to go see a different therapist. Um, maybe we need to take her out of school. And because of some of my injuries, I wasn't able to go back to school. I couldn't walk for a while. And so I did have to do homeschool. Maybe that helped. Maybe being away from peer pressure helped for a little while. I don't know. Um, sorry, this is like a hard conversation. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm shaking. <laughs> um, obviously, she's my sister and I love her and I feel so sad that she 
felt that way ever yeah. that she that we'd be better off without her because that's obviously not true Fine. and we're so glad she's here yes <laughs> and i'm trying it's so crazy because i'm trying to remember had i i had had peyton right i think you just had peyton no or maybe not quite yet because i feel like when we lived with you you had no, you your, your wire yeah yes you because had and you I, were home from the hospital. We were home from the hospital because yeah. I had a son. And I, because sometimes I think, wow, how did I not know all this? How come I wasn't there for you? Yeah. And I, you were going through your own stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have like excuse because you can still be there for other people even when you're going through your own stuff. But I had a son that was, um, had meningitis, E. coli meningitis and got hydrocephalus. And we were in the hospital for like almost two months during, I can't imagine what mom and dad were going through. I know. <laughs> going through that with you and watching yeah. me. And then Eric had, was going through some like drama with his wife, right. separation with his um, wife. And yeah, plus they had just had their their, their bankruptcy. bankruptcy. I yeah. mean, it was they like... just getting oh, back on wow. their feet. Yeah, so it was just a lot. And so I, much. And I just... And I think forever... It was almost easier, and I feel so bad now, but I think it was almost easier for me. Like, my reality was Peyton, and he was sick, and we were trying to get him better. And yeah. even after we brought him home, he still had, like, a pick line, and we knew he needed a few more surgeries. It was easier to just be like, oh, Carrie got in a car accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of to really, yeah. let's really talk about the fact that Carrie wanted to die. Right. And she tried to die. But and I, the, I and, but she's here. to commit suicide. It's what do we do now? It's still so weird to say yeah. out loud yeah. that that's what happened. Yeah. Right. And I feel like for so long, I, I mean, I think even up till you wrote this, we still didn't really talk about it. No, we didn't. And I, I had, there were a couple of, of suicides that I had heard about just a couple years ago and that just more and more and some people that were close, it was like a second cousin. And I just was like, it's time. I have a story and I need to tell it and I need to get it on paper right now. And I, it took a long time. It's, it's heavy. It's a lot of stuff. Um, and we'll get into more because there's even more stuff. Right. This is literally after. just this the turning like, point. Yeah. Not... This is the very beginning of the story. Right. right. Um, yeah. But... The transitions now, not, Right, exactly. Yeah, the transition yeah. after the suicide attempt. But so. just a couple years ago, I finally just sent it to all my family members. I just said, "Look, mm. here you go. Read it if you want. I'm gonna put it out there, and I think you guys need to hear it first. I don't know if you know, or if you don't know, or if we pretend to not know. I still don't really know right. if Eric and JC um, knew or didn't know. Uh, but they know now. Yes, and." Um, so, yeah. But I think it's super important. I mean, we all have kids, my brother and I, that are your, like that age yeah. when you did that. And I think it's important to not, to have the hard conversations. I think yeah. it's in our family, like you said, it was a very ideal childhood. Our parents were yeah. wonderful. They got along. They're a very good example of a good marriage. But we were very surface level when it came to hard conversations. Yes. We didn't. It was easier just to kind of avoid them just and not, just kind of still make, be happy. Make lighthearted mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Or- and yeah, yeah and call it a car wreck instead of saying what it really was. Right. And it was... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure part of that, too, is you were all being sensitive to her, and you didn't know, like, should we call it an attempted suicide, or is it easier for her to call well, it a car wreck? Yeah. I mean, she yeah. was in a very, you Definitely. know, sensitive sure. point in yeah. her life. And so I'm sure part of that, too, was just out of care for her. But yeah. it is interesting how... Yeah. When you talk about things, it's healing yeah. and, you know. Yeah, I definitely felt that people around me were tiptoeing. Oh, okay. For sure. Um, not sure if they would say something that would make me snap. Or, you know, I think I did also, going back to my childhood, I think I did have freakouts. Like, I think I would emotionally oh, yeah, freak out. Oh, yeah, some meltdowns. I yeah. have yeah. some meltdowns. <laughs> and that's a symptom so of anxiety, even, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, even to that, I think the tiptoeing around Carrie to not get her upset happened a long time ago Mm, that started very early or I remember dad would always say to me you know leave the bad carry at home only bring the good carry today or because we're like we don't want to be somewhere where she has a total meltdown yeah Yeah. just hold it because there was a good carry in there (laughs) yeah oh yeah Yeah. for sure which in some ways you're like oh okay that makes sense in other ways you're like yeah but you were like he was insinuating you were there was part of you that was bad. Yeah. I think, that and I think that's kind of hard. And I know he didn't mean it by that because our dad is yeah. one of the nicest people you'll yeah, ever meet. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Right. sure. But. It's just hard too as a parent. You don't know the things that you say that, you know, how are they going to interpret? I mean, yeah. in the moment, he's just trying to say, bring your best self. Right. Let's not have yeah. any meltdowns. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. He did not ever mean for that to be, you know, yes, taken absolutely. at a deeper level. But yes. it's just, you know, so. Yep. 
Oh, anyway, well, thank you so much. That was, yeah, so that was a hard part. <laughs> it's hard, it. but it's yeah. so... Now it's kind of the healing, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, not yeah. that not that well, your healing was easy. Oh, right. right. The story's coming up, but... Well, it's yeah. such an interesting story, too. So, and just, yeah, very touching. So, okay. So, you know, we kind of started onto this a little bit, but what are your thoughts about it now looking back? Um, what are the things that stand out that, you know, maybe with this perspective now versus... Right. And even just my really quick, like I was thinking like in the hospital where you're like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't. Or like, why am I still here? Yeah. I wondered that too. Yeah. So it didn't quite occur to me that I was glad that I was alive. It was more like I, like I remember laying on the dirt, watching these guys come to get me. You know, I, and I was yearning for help. I was injured. My body immediately was like, oh my gosh, help me. Something crazy just happened. But I, it didn't quite hit me that's like, yay, I survived. Oh my gosh, that was so intense. I'm so glad that I'm alive. That, oh, that would have sucked. It was more like, hmm, okay. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> now I have the mess that's going to follow all right. of this. The, you know, and yeah. I think later in the hospital was like, the car is gone. The money that my parents have to pay for the car and for mm. my surgeries and for my care and for all of the things to come that started to kind of weigh a little bit heavy and so I think it's it just stayed easier to stay numb right and so you know looking back the transition like Chantel said didn't happen for a long time right actually I feel like I kind of skipped ahead maybe you can just lead us through a little bit what did happen after that because we didn't but you know, I know there's a lot more to your story. So. Yes, a whole mess of crap happened. <laughs> yeah, but um. <laughs> you know, share as much as you want. I okay, mean, we're yeah. here and we love, we, you know, we're just enjoying this. So. Yes. Um, okay, so let's see. The quick synopsis is I couldn't go back to school for a while for the rest of the year um, because of my injuries. Um, and that was all just very numb throughout all of that, I feel like getting back to school and less people talking about it. And then the fake story happened, started and I graduated barely. Um, well, actually let me back up just a little bit. Yeah. I was thinking you graduated at 17. You graduated at 18. Right. Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think I did graduate a little bit late, but I did end up getting a, a diploma with mom's help. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have or without her. Um, I got pregnant uh, the summer between 18 and 19 of 18 and 19 graduating high school um I got pregnant and just trying to decide what to do um I was I had you know gotten back into drugs um and alcohol at that point and finding out that I was pregnant was probably the best thing that could have happened to me I got sober I actually with the help of my my therapist at the time got off of my antidepressants because I heard that that wasn't a good thing and I had just decided I wanted to be clean I wanted to to grow this baby, whether I was keeping it or not in, you know, keeping it, meaning, um, raising it myself right, or placing him for adoption. And I just got clean. I just was like, this is it. I'm done. Um, I was living with the guy I was dating at the time, the birth father. And I just came home. I just said, I'm done. Mom actually signed me up for hair school. She said, okay, if you can stay good and clean, then I'll pay for hair school. And I did it, and and I decided to place him for adoption. I decided that um, that you know, a recovering addict and an and an addict as your your birth father just what we weren't the best parents. It wasn't going to be the best future for this kid, and I wanted to give him more opportunities and a better future. So I decided to place him for adoption. I stayed clean through the whole thing. Um, it was a very traumatic placing of um, actually. Um, giving birth, uh, the birth father found out and you have to read the, the story, but it's intense and mm-hmm. some drama happened and we were able to get Spencer, which is the name of, um, of my baby. I don't usually say my baby, but, um, yeah, yeah Spencer. Um, and we placed him with his new parents in time and it, it all ended up working out and he just turned 18 on the 12th. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, but back, you know, back to that time, oh gosh, there was a, there was the pregnancy and the ado- adoption. There was a fire. Um, there was probably more car wrecks, but those ones were actually accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else happened. I feel like what there was, was a the whole fire. Lot of... I'm just curious. Was it in your apartment or? Yes, I had okay. accidentally started a fire in my mm. brother's basement. I was oh. living with him in the basement at the time, and accidentally started a fire and. Pretty much we both lost everything. Um, I think that there were a couple boxes. It was actually the scrapbook of Spencer. You know, I it was it was not an open adoption, but they mm. sent me pictures. Um, and I kept a scrapbook. And I think that was one of the only things that was saved. And oh, that happened awesome. to actually yeah. be one of the boxes that was near the stove, which is how the fire started. Oh. Um, and But the box was okay. The box itself, no. Oh. And, the, and the pictures are sort of melted, and they actually still to this day smell like fire. Oh, wow. But the scrapbook itself was somehow, most of those pictures of Spencer were protected. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. That's way cool. Yeah. I was um, just thinking, I, I think I was talking to Lindsay about this earlier, that I feel like two of the biggest like events in your life, the attempted suicide, yeah. I was dealing with a very sick baby. And yeah. then when you gave Spencer up for adoption, I was pregnant with my daughter, yeah. Whitney. Yeah. And so I, and That's I lived right. in California. I didn't live in Utah. Like yep. it was almost like you weren't really pregnant cause I didn't yeah. see you. I was just, and then it was far away. Yeah, yeah. And I know it was really, you know, hard. I do feel like mom and dad supported you in your decision to give the baby up. I think they, yes. it was hard for them and they yeah. were sad, but at the yeah. same time they were super supportive. Yeah. Um, they but were. I have like this weird still sister guilt where I was like, wow, I wasn't there for her that time either like Aww. I was I was having my own baby and it was a happy thing and yeah. you had a baby that it was a sad thing a happy really happy day for Spencer's family right for sure and then you guys came and visited us mm-hmm. in California right to see after. Whitney mm-hmm. and it was a very like interesting it was weird I kind of yeah. feel like I was taking care of you and mom and dad like because yeah. I felt this like okay they're so sad and I want to be happy and I know they're happy that Whitney's here that yeah. doesn't take away the happiness of Whitney but yet yeah. there was still like a kind of a just dark a cloud sadness. yeah and a sadness and I just yeah wanted and I do feel like Whitney was healing I feel like you know like okay let's see this baby and love a baby and and... I I had worked really hard to graduate her school like I I, hours I think it was literally mom and dad picked me up from hair school finishing my last hour to drive to your house and so it was a really healing time it was a great closure um I had finally accomplished something I felt like in my life I was starting to enjoy things I found a niche in hair school and then I did this great thing with Spencer and placed him for adoption and felt worthy I felt but you gave someone a gift like in one of the probably one of the best gifts they've ever gotten and I started to realize I could go through hard things Mm -hmm. I you know I love that um untamed by Glennon Doyle Mm-hmm. Like we can do hard things, but you have to learn that. And I don't feel like I knew that. And so going through the attempted suicide was like, okay, I can do that. And then, you know, getting pregnant and placing Spencer for adoption. Okay. I've got that tool belt. I can do that. I can do those hard things. Graduating hard hair school. Okay. I've got this thing now. I can do that. And then I actually got married, um, to a narcissist, <laughs> um, for, but we were only actually married for three months. It was very quick crazy weird it was like thing. almost a rebound type of yeah it was very strange I was pretty adoption. fresh after having Spencer um I think I started dating him before I even graduated hair school mm. and was still you know just not really quite healed from placing Spencer yet and going through all of that and the drama of, of his stories and his control and his abuse really I mean you know he never physically hurt me but there was a lot of um, emotional abuse and verbal and financial. I don't know. I think mm. that's a thing. Yeah. Um, for you know, sure. like I, I was very controlled of what I could and couldn't spend. Um, and then later coming to find out silly things that he was spending money on, but that mm. I wasn't allowed to. Um, I think that that's financial abuse is a thing. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then going through all of that and being like, I was in the, an abusive relationship and I got married and now I'm getting out of it and, and getting divorced and being able to cut that off and like heal from that. And like, okay, wow, I can do, right. I can do things. I can and do, I do this, remember I being, can do this life thing. Yeah. Wow. I remember you actually, and I'm sure you felt like, oh my gosh, I just got divorced. Like another, like something else I couldn't do, but I yeah. was like super proud of you Yeah, because I like knowing him, like there was something wrong, yeah. you know, yeah. and, but us all wanting to be supportive of you and okay, we can yeah. learn to love him. We can kind of, yeah. and then really quickly realizing like, wow, he has some major issues Yeah, and you were like, it was I just want out spiraling. now. Yeah. And yeah. I, it was actually a phone call with you. I remember. And you were like, if not now, when, if you're not going to leave now, then when will you leave? Yeah. And yeah. it was like days 
I think, that I had just made up my mind of like, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm getting out. And that's really brave. Thanks. Yeah, Especially sure. after going through all what you did, it would yeah. have been easy to stay and just be yeah. like, and just be this numb is a comforting and, yeah. because I'm yeah. used to this. And the, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I think I had learned like, there are things that are enjoyable. Hair school was fun and doing hair was exciting and, and I started to make friends and, you know, I was, I did get back into drinking luckily, um, not so much the drugs, but I, I started to find fun things and, you know, I was old enough to drink at this point in time and, and, um, life started to sound better than it ever had. I think, even though I still had all of these crazy things happen to me and all of these choices I made that led me down this path and this mess of things, you know, I still, I still am grateful that I lived. Mm -hmm. I'm still ungrateful that I survived and that I'm here to tell my story, even though, all those things happened. Yeah, and that was years after the attempt, really. Like, not a, yeah. not a ton of years, I guess. How many years after um, did you get married? I mean, what, what? how old were you when you got married? I was 21. 20. 20, 21. Okay. Okay, for some reason I was thinking older, but maybe that was... Yeah. And how long did the marriage last? Three years. No, oh, I'm sorry, three months. Three months. Three months, yeah. Three months. Three months. Yeah. okay. And I think an annulment was kind of the idea, but you could get three out faster months. with a divorce and you were just like, I just okay. need out. Yes. You could tell pretty quickly there was a lot of things wrong with that. Yes. So we d- we actually kind of dated for about a year okay. and then we got married. I think it was like, I think it was September of 2011. Yeah. Because anyway, we come up from California. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't know. Don't quote me on 2011. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> um... Um, no, I just lost my train of thought. Just how long you, yeah, yeah, just the marriage was quick and short because yes. you knew very yes. quickly. And you yeah, did have so some, many red flags. I'm you sure can... looking back, you saw all the red flags. Oh, so many. Yeah. And, and if you could so have many red flags. those many, that many problems in three months, like it's a very, but like yes. I said, it's still super brave. I mean, yeah. to take that, you know, and knowing that maybe people would judge you or people would, yeah. you know, and yeah. You and imagine just... having a child. With him, and then oh, he would be—he so would have to be part of your life for always. Yeah, yeah. I'm so you know. glad. I'm so glad that we, you know, didn't get pregnant. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that I was able to step away, and then I had my parents. You know, I kind of talk about that in the book as well. It's like mm-hmm. after each event or trial or whatever you want to call it, I go back to my parents every time. I go mm-hmm. back to their house, and it, you know, they moved a couple of times here and there, but every time, I go back for solace. Yeah. And I'm able they always to had a place for you. regroup and just take a breath and kind of just have the space to figure out what my next move is going to be. And I know a lot of people don't have that. So I'm so grateful. And that, I do feel like, you know, like our parents are very, they're not judgmental. Like I feel no, like yeah. even with all the things that you did or that happened to you or your choices you made, yeah. like obviously the love never changed, but they all, and they always just wanted to help you. Yeah. Like, I just, I think they were, they never knew how, they never knew what to do with me or how to (laughs) handle me or, or what to do. And so they were just there any, yeah, they were just there. And I think that's what I needed. I needed to figure it out on my own. And and that's sometimes all you need is someone there. And they they couldn't have, they couldn't have changed it. They couldn't have fixed me quote unquote. They couldn't have made things happen differently. I'm true believer in that everything happens for a reason and that I needed to go through all of those things Mm so that I can be where I am today, you know, and so that I can learn that I can do hard things so that I can figure out what it is that I enjoy, like starting pottery or uh, getting into plants or getting a puppy or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like I just, I needed to do all of that. It needed to happen the way that it did. Right. Oh, I think it's so cool too. Your parents were like the safe landing, you know, yeah. and like you said, that was, yeah. so that's, it's really good. I do feel yeah. like when you were talking about, oh gosh, I wasn't going to cry, but <laughs> we were talking about mom just being there in the hospital and she was just always there crocheting right next to you. Yeah. Um, like that's a perfect example of her. She was just always there. Yeah. Where, whenever you needed her, I would call her yeah. for the most random things. Yeah. Um, but She's not here with us now because yeah. she passed away, but I feel like she's still there. Like yeah. she's, she's always in our corner crocheting. Yeah, she's just wherever still we are. They're supporting us. And, yeah. And mm. just sending her love. Yes. And always. that's really all we ever needed. Yeah. yeah. So we're super lucky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, maybe for for parents listening or for somebody who knows somebody who's going through or suspects, like maybe that's all they need to. It's just yeah. a, a, a buddy to just sit with them 
They don't. Maybe right. they don't need to talk. Maybe they are talkers. Maybe not. But maybe they just need a loving, supportive being yeah. next to them yeah. while they go through their trauma. Yeah, just like I feel like mom and dad are just the perfect example of like true unconditional love. Yeah, because mm. it didn't. I mean, my brother went through some. <laughs> Yeah. Crazy times. I haven't, you know, like, I feel like I was a pretty easy child, but yeah. like, I know that times, you know, it's hard for him. Like choices that I've made recently, like, I don't know, if, you yeah. know, but they love me through it and they don't. Yeah. I just feel, I only feel love. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, yeah. well, your parents are for sure. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just, I don't know. It's great to listen to and hear it's something to aspire to for sure. Yeah. So, um, Okay, well, I thought maybe we could talk about, um, now that we're kind of maybe now looking back more at yeah. some of these things, like mm-hmm. what's maybe the hardest part of looking back at that, just the the time of your life where you felt like maybe it was better not to live. What's yeah. you know, the hardest the part now looking back to that? I think still just accepting or saying it out loud. You know, like mm-hmm. I tried to kill myself. I I tried to take my own life because I was in so much pain and I didn't want people, I wanted, I thought people would be better off without me. Like just that, saying that and owning that and feeling that is still the hardest part. Yeah, for sure. Um, it makes me and sad for the, for little me. Yeah. <laughs> like that that sucks. Sad. And for anybody else feeling that way. And I guess that's, you know, that's why I'm doing it is because mm-hmm, there are sure. people out there that feel that way. And I felt that way and, and we're here with you and we love you and yes. read my book and I will support you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be your supportive like, yeah. person crocheting yeah. in the corner. <laughs> right. There you go. Yes. Think twice, please. Yeah. please well, please, that's please. what I love about your story is, you know, you said even with all these hard things that you've gone through, mm-hmm. you're still so glad you're here, you know, and I love that message so much. I think it's so yeah, powerful. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we could describe, cause I think this is a huge part too, is like your healing journey and maybe some of the new perspectives that you've gained because of your experience. Okay. Um, I think it started, you know, I I graduated hair school. I found a salon that really fit my vibes at the time. Um, I found a group of friends that I loved. Um, I started reading self-help books, uh, Mm -hmm. the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, I think played a really big part Mm -hmm. in me learning about meditation and energy and, um, just got me out of my my head space and into more of my my soul and my mind space which I think was healthy for me I had um after the pregnancy I got back on antidepressants and was still on them here and there here and there for years um and five years ago I think now which would have been I don't know still probably 16 years that I was still on them after the attempted suicide, um, that I slowly weaned off with the help of my doctor and that I was able to also learn that hard thing, that I can live life not on antidepressants. They started to make me feel very numb and that was just a really old familiar feeling that I did not want to get back into. Um, So learning how to do that and learning how to feel my emotions um, I describe it sort of like when they start to get really heavy or maybe it maybe it's anxiety as well. I don't know. Um, but that it, there's a gate there with my emotions. And rather than just making that a padlocked, huge, thick, seven-layer gate, <laughs> that, you know, it's a gate I can see through. And I can lock it or I can unlock it. But I can see what's there. I can feel it. And I can let some in. And that's okay. And I can feel it. And then I can... I can kind of just sit with it and kind of learning how to do that and manage that I think helped a lot. Um, learning about what your triggers are. I talk about that in my book as well. Um, you know, no, tr- your triggers aren't anybody else's problem. They're your own, they're your own situation and it, they're your job to manage. And so learning what those are and how to manage them and, and care for that and manage your own emotions. Um, so that started to help. I, um, I'm trying to think of a um, what happened after that. I think I I met my husband and that helped a lot. He's he's been an amazing um, rock in my life. Definitely, he's um, a talker. 
<laughs> man, that guy likes to talk about his emotions. He is a analytical, um, deep, complicated man. Um, and I am. And we love him. And we love him so much. And I am simple. I am very simple. I am sad or I'm not. Um, there is pain or there is not. And so he helped me a lot to dive into a little bit deeper into those emotions. And I think that even though it was so hard and really super scary, that it helped me to understand it a little bit more. It helped it not be so scary of like, okay, this is sadness in a in an, a missing my mom kind of a way and that's okay and I can feel that. Or this is a sadness of like, um, you know, my life is getting a little messy and maybe I've made some choices I'm not proud of or whatever the situation. Um, so that's helped me a lot. And I think another big pillar for me was reading The Miracle Morning by, oh, his name just slipped slipped my mind. I heard of that. I haven't read it, but I've heard um, of it. Hal Elrod. Mm. That was a game changer for Cody and I, Cody, my husband. Um, we did it. We went full in and we've been doing them for years. I think I've read the book six times when I feel like I'm falling away. Um, and it, it's just a, it's a morning routine. It's as mm. simple as a morning routine, but one of my triggers is sleeping in. Mm. Um, that's a big trigger for me. And so getting up and having something to do in the morning, a reason to get up because sometimes just life isn't quite enough. And especially if you're feeling sad or depressed or, or, um, having anxiety or whatever you're feeling, sometimes you need some step-by-step things to do to help you get up out of bed, get your mind going, get a little coffee in you. Mm-hmm. And then the day is a little mm-hmm. bit easier. No, oh, that's, I love that. I'm yeah. going to have to read that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I love to see the transformation, weird. like really, I guess with Cody and maybe this miracle morning, like I, I remember mom saying, I feel like the Carrie that is Carrie today was always in there. Cody just helped get he her did. out. Yeah. Oh, he did. Like, so, absolutely. We all I knew mom you. Said that, I know she cute. did. Yeah. Like we just all knew your Cody. potential. <laughs> and I think part of, I sometimes when I think about transitions, I do think about your transition from like knowing that like you were beginning to become an adult, like the transition from kid to adult obviously was super yeah. hard for you yeah. between attempted suicide, a pregnancy and a marriage. Like yeah. that was really hard, but we all knew like you had it in you to, yeah. you were an amazing person and we loved you and we wanted the best for you. And you guys knew I could do hard things. I did. Yeah, we did. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Cody and it's probably like why a marriage can be so cool. It isn't your family that's known you forever, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. this person that comes in your life that loves you for you. Yeah. And then, was the person that could help bring that out of you. Yeah. Like to help mm-hmm. you, like even just with starting your own salon and your own yeah. business. Like he gave you like he those tools really. Yeah, encouraged that me you had in you. But I think more. he was, and he's yeah. obviously, he is very goal centered. Oh yes, he is. <laughs> so you make goal goals and then you let you accomplish them. them. <laughs> that is the only option. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. Which, yeah. So we mm-hmm. obviously have loved Cody for, I mean, and he just, him, you know, yeah. as an individual, he's an awesome person too, but we've loved yeah. what he's done for you and yeah. how, how he's helped you. Sure. That's so cool. Like I love, yeah, bringing you two together and bringing out the best in each other. And so, because you guys know this, and me and the other listeners don't as much. So, what? How long have you two been married? And at what point did you meet him? So, Cody and I've been married now for eight years. Okay. Um, we met when I was thirty, um, which just gave away my age. But um, <laughs> we're the same age. So yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we no, we've been married for six. We've known each other for eight. Um, okay. and we met, you know, right at that transition of when I was talking about, how I was finding my, my friends. I worked at this one called Jagged Edge and it was just a great place. And I was reading, um, the self-help books and mm-hmm. I was starting to explore and expand. And I decided to leave the, the group salon and go do booth rent and get off on my own. And, and, um, uh, I actually met Cody at the club kind of right around that time and, and he was just on a guy's night and I was on a girl's night and, mm-hmm. and he, we just, it was, it was like the movies where it was like, it was just us, just us <laughs> in the cool. room and nobody else oh, was wow. there and we were the only two dancing. Um, oh, fun. And he, some girl had unbuttoned his shirt and <laughs> I went back over and I buttoned it back up for him and I said, keep it classy. And I, oh. I walked away and then we ended up dancing later. <laughs> And, oh, and I didn't find him. And I, I was like, I got to kiss that guy. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know where he's at, but we had to leave. And, and so, um, I didn't find him. I never found him. And a couple days later, my friend called and she was like, Hey, can I give your number out? And I was like, oof, to who? Yeah. She said, that cute guy from the club. One, you know, she's like, I knew his friend and he called me and he's looking for you. And oh, I was wow. like, Oh my gosh. Yes, please. <laughs> 
So, um, and then I feel like all those other changes happened. You know, we found the Miracle Morning right around then. Um, we did this other thing called the, the Forum, uh, which was, I think it's called the Forum. It was kind of like a self-help three-day program. Um, but it also dives really deep into like the stories that you have and the stories that you've built based on, you know, like we talked earlier, the little things that your parents say mm-hmm. or the little stories that happen in your life and the, the story that you've made it into, this big, heavy thing that you carry around. So that really helped, I think, with a lot of just silly things that I thought were things that mm-hmm. aren't. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and then, gosh, just I think all of the the... Um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's just mm. I'm reading it for the second time in a row. Yeah. It's very good. Yes, I <laughs> yeah. have yeah read it twice. Um, yeah, but just well. the yeah. Do you find the things that that will start to work for you? Whether it's friends and talking about it. For me, it's books um, and my husband, absolutely, and and my family, of course. That just being with them. I, I think we still don't go super deep so with our family. You, I feel like you and I are You and I, point. yeah. And I feel like with dad more since mom has passed, I feel like yeah. I had deeper conversations. But yeah. Yeah, we can, we can definitely work on that. Yes. But th- there's still a solace even still. Yes, for sure. You know, when it's been a while. We feel loved and accepted. Yeah, this. when we mm. haven't gotten, all gotten together in a long time and then we finally do, I every time we leave, I'm like, ah, that was good. I was fulfilled. We needed yeah. that. Needed yeah. <laughs> even though it's chaotic and we're loud and yeah what's going on Uh, but yeah but I still have my family so you kind of learn you got to learn well you know I I learned not you got it you don't need to do anything I this is just what I did um and I found little tidbits along the way and I think still again it wasn't like one thing that that Mm -hmm. made me realize or one thing that fixed me or one thing that that made life better it was just again the whole bunch of things yeah. That I continue to make sure that I do. I, I I know that when my miracle morning falls off, I start to sleep in, and I start to feel kind of sad, and I maybe I'm eating a little bit more junk food, and so certain thoughts start to creep in. Not necessarily that I want to kill myself, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to live, but that just sad thoughts that aren't the real me, that aren't mm-hmm. my real thoughts, but that I can catch that and get right. back to my miracle morning. I get back to going to yoga. That's another one. Yoga is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when I'm slipping away from yoga, that I'm slipping away from my real self and I need to get right. back. Yeah. And it's super important. I think we all have different things, whether, yeah, it's the getting up early or exercise or yeah. good conversation or touching base with, you know, the people you love, whatever it can be. Like you need to find. Find those things or hobbies. Thing. Hobbies are hobbies me. I've never yeah. really been into hobbies. Mm-hmm. And so that's a new one that I'm adding. Yes. That this is are... Lindsay and I's hobby. Yeah. This is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like how you said that. At some point you said that it makes it, you feel like yourself. You know what I mean? Like the best version of yourself. So find the thing that can make you feel that way. I love that. Yeah. When I'm a messy artist, that's what that is. Yeah. That's your true self. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, um, maybe if people are getting confused because I keep talking about hair. Um, Mm -hmm. I recently, about four years ago, have transitioned over to permanent makeup, which was just another little tool in my tool belt I wanted to learn a new thing and I did I did hair for 17 years and it was an awesome thing and a a great um tool that did help me feel like myself that I got to be creative creative. yeah that is a meet friends and talk to people occupation right yeah Yeah. that's awesome sure okay so um maybe you could just tell us a few of the lessons you learned or advice you'd like to offer I mean I feel like we kind of already got into that like find your Thing that makes you tick and stuff. Is there yeah. anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, one of my good friends, Melissa, refers to it as find your medicine. Mm. Find your own medicine, whatever that is. And if it is actual medication and that's what works for you and you have a doctor and a ther- therapist you love, then that's okay. For and sure. if that's yeah. what that is Yeah, for we you, don't want to disparage yeah. that some people yeah. do need Just medication. Just because but... I, I, for my personal self, wanted to get off of it doesn't mean that that's what's right for anybody mm. else. And But you just got to find what your medicine is. Whether yeah. that's exercise, you know, exercise yeah. yoga, Outdoors. pottery, a podcast, whatever yeah. that is, find it and keep doing it. And that it's hard, even though it's a fun thing. Like Cody and I were talking about this the other day, that it's it's still sometimes hard for me to go to pottery class. Even though I know I love it, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to feel great after I leave and I'm going to create something. It's still hard sometimes to go. Right. You yeah. still have to. Just get yourself out the door. I mean, out yeah, same. exactly. Yeah. Sometimes just getting yourself there. Yep. But once you do. Yeah, you yeah. feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just got to keep building on that. So that's for nice. sure. Awesome. I love that. Um, 
So maybe, is there any, like, we're about ready to wrap things up unless you have anything else that you, that we didn't cover or that you want to add to your, to um, your story? Just that, you know, for all the details, I go, I go into a lot of detail in the book of each event and, and situation and, and how I was feeling at the time. Um, and like the actual, actual facts in the real story. Mm-hmm. I go into that in the book. So if you wanted to hear more about what I talk about, definitely go to my website and read it or I'm actually still not quite sure how I'm going to launch it uh, whether this is going to be a story or an essay or a book or maybe just on a website yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely keep everybody we'll updated let, with that yeah. and then link anything to the show notes I guess yeah we can link to the show notes now with um, your website but we'll for sure do an update when when you know how you're going to get yes, that content absolutely. out. absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah, we would love, love to, to do back. an update okay. with you and yeah. and follow up. And we'll share, like, if you're interested in her permanent makeup, she has um, Salon Aries, like the... Um, the sun sign? Yes. Because I am an Aries. www.salonaries.org. Um, as well as... Um, she teaches classes as well. So you can find her there. But to wrap things up, just because we talk, um, you know, our podcast is called Beautiful Shifts. And what we want to find is the beauty in the different shifts and transitions that people go on, you know, go in um, through their lives. And I feel like obviously, you've shared a lot of different things you've learned that is beautiful. I mean, it's so hard, but you can find beauty in the hard things. Um, So and I think you kind of talked about this as well. But maybe you want to add like, how do you find beauty in life right now? I mean, you talked about your miracle morning and pottery. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you how do, how do you find beauty now? For me, it's the little things. Like I mentioned before, I'm very simple. Um, it's the growing a plant or watching my puppy play or mm-hmm. getting down on the ground with him and playing. Um, you know, looking at a piece of pottery that I've made. It's this, you know, the cup of coffee in the morning. Um, those are the things that I focus on the most. Um, sometimes the big picture for me is overwhelming mm-hmm. and seems kind of scary. Of like, you know, my husband is a very goal-oriented and very detailed man. And he wants to plan every year for the next 10 years. <laughs> and and I can't, really? I can't, it's hard. That's yeah. really hard and overwhelming. And I get really, um, that's, I would say, a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And so I have to dial it back and I have to go on a simple walk and enjoy the flowers. And that's just what I need to do. And it's my medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think that is... It's so Perfect good and beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. I love that. And good. And yeah, and if it works for Cody to have the bigger goals and that's what brings yeah, him his that's peace. his job. And yeah. I, I can and agree that's... or disagree and we move on. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I know did you want to talk about your plant business that you're thinking about? Yeah, I'm I'm just for just, some fun. Yeah, I feel like another I'm hobby. definitely I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I did the hair for so long and then I switched to permanent makeup and now I'm teaching permanent makeup and I just love plants so much and I have I know, um, started propagating them, which has been really fun. So I've been trying to come up with a fun plant business. So when I get the website to that, we'll definitely link that yeah. as well. Oh, yes. When I come back, we'll talk about that too. So that's kind of just like an, um, that's just another creative yeah, thing. Yeah, we can have Carrie back to talk more yeah. about the process of what do you, what you decide to do with your story and then with your with my current business, business or and maybe, new business. And maybe it's a whole different business. Yeah, yeah maybe by then you'll have a Because I just idea. like creating things, I yeah. think is the joy of it. So, yeah, yeah, I would love that's that. one of my hobbies. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All well, right. Awesome. That was, yeah, so good. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. That was awesome. That was a lot. I know. Yeah. It's like, it's, but what's really cool is I was like, oh, this is such a heavy subject. It's so hard. And obviously, I, you know, I got emotional. It's you. It's my sister. And yeah. I love you. But at the same time, I feel like super, like, I don't know, nourished by like your mm-hmm. journey and what you've shared with us. And like, I feel like more, I'm, I do feel like light and be like, oh, okay. like pay attention to these little things mm-hmm. and, and teach my kids about the simple things. And I, I mean, I love hiking and, yeah. you know, nature too. There are some times where you get up, you're like, oh, it's so early. I don't want to get up and go. But I'm like, yeah. every time I go, I'm like, this is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You feel better, but right? I love that. Like, sometimes it doesn't have to be that big. It can just, not that a hike's big, but like, you know, yeah. it can just sometimes be that a might walk be heavy. and it can just be, yeah. some might, some days just make sure you're doing something much. that makes yeah. you something, you and be yeah. you. Yeah. 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 And I just want to say thank you. Like, it really is an honor to hear your story. And thank you. Just, I know it will help a lot of people. It's helped me already. So thanks. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribe to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. 
We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I'll start again, my mind is free I can feel the truth in me I'll take a chance, I won't be wrong Yes, now it's time to move Now it's 